Hello and welcome to the FPL Hangover Podcast where we raise the bar and lower the tone all things FPL related. We're standing with Game Week 1 on the horizon fast approaching and uh, I don't know about about Seamus here but it feels like I'm in a boat waiting to storm the beaches and have my limbs blown off uh, like Saving Private Ryan. How are you feeling Seamus? Yeah, good. I enjoy this time of year so I feel the same as yourself. Ready to attack, attack the season, the beaches of Normandy, charge up the... I feel like I'll be Beach. the guy walking around with my hand in my other arm and you'll be just looking at me. In I'm just going to be lobbing grenades yeah. left, right and centre. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly how I tell Punts here, punts there. No, I'm only joking. There's going to be no punts in my team. But uh, first we should introduce ourselves this moment, should we? Because yeah, there's going to be lots of new listeners. I'm finding we get new listeners uh, or at least people following us on Twitter every single week. It's just that time of the season where people are finding the FPL Twitter community for the first time and going, look, there's a whole community of people here that I can engage with on a weekly basis and uh, people may not be familiar who we are yeah that's a good point and uh, I've seen that kind of being done around the board and you know what I'm, I'm, I'm okay I'm okay with that some people spend an entire episode on it we're going to spend an entire two minutes on it go for it Seamus hit me with your with your quick profile so I'll introduce you no I'll introduce mm. myself uh, so I'm Seamus and yeah last season my overall rank was about 22k I think that's where you start when you're introducing yourself in these things people want to know Who's this guy? Why am I listening to him? I uh, finished 22k last year. Um, it's a pretty good season for me. Just fell outside the top 20k at the at the very, very end, last two weeks. And uh, yeah, my highest overall rank ever was back in 15-16. Finished top 400. I finished 378th overall. So that's by far my best score. Uh, next best back in 2010-2011. Yes, believe it. We're playing that long. This is our 13th season. Uh, back then, I finished in the top 5,000, so I finished 4.4k. Um, but generally speaking, the aim is to finish in the top 50k consistently, which doesn't always happen, but 9 of the last 10 seasons, or 8 out of 9 last seasons, I can't remember which, finished the top 100k. So I'm usually top 1, 2%. You, however, Jer, I'm are a bit different. more consistent. I am. I'm not as... Uh... I'm not as forceful as you with your top 500 finish. I mean, fair play to you. That's a, that's a heck of a bed kind of post notch to have. But um, no, I've I've uh, I had a pretty poor season last year, but I did still finish inside the top 100k, 77k. I think you told me it was. Uh, I was convinced in others it was 75k, but no, 77k, and uh, that was you know kind of preceded by 10 seasons inside the top 40k, which is something I'm like going. You know what, Mister Consistency? It's uh, yeah. It's- so your highs aren't quite as high, but your lows are nowhere near as low. Because it was that one season I finished over outside the top 100k when I just started taking I. I wasn't going to win our mini league and I was just taking punts and I was just getting reckless and getting like a William into my team, which is never a good idea it in my not. opinion. Yeah. And then I ended up finishing just plumbing like a rock. And it's a, it was a cautionary tale not to just take the piss for the last five, six game weeks of the season, because even though you're thinking, well, I'm nailed on for top hundred K, you will double your rank yeah. quite easily in two or three weeks. I think that's the thing. I think the longer you play this game, the more kind of lessons you learn, the more you mature as an FPL player. There's not a, there's not, it's not a very complicated fucking system. You eventually just figure out, oh, this is the do's and don'ts. Don't lose your temper. To, you know, don't kind of make short-term plans. All this and above, I think that's uh, yeah. seeing you with decent uh, ranks. And, and, uh, and the good know. thing for our dear listeners here is that they don't even have to go through 12 shitty seasons to learn these lessons. They can just listen to our mm. expansive knowledge here <laughs> and know what to do straight away. Mm. A nice humble brag to start the episode off with. I love it. Uh, but to, you know, kick things off in proper, uh, you know, mini or mini league fashion, says I, that's kind of me getting ahead of myself. Uh, we do have a mini league. 
Yes. And uh, that's something we're going to kick the episode off with. We've seen a lot of uh, friendly faces kind of join the league as the week has progressed. And we're going to throw it out again for anyone that wants to hop on the FPL Hangover Mini League podcast. Oh, no, shit. It's FPL Hangover Podcast Mini League. I'm going to stumble over that every single fucking week. Yep, I'm looking forward to you. And it was my plan. It was my plan to make the name ridiculously long. <laughs> there was there was a there was a long meeting over uh, yeah. what to do here. Uh, what were we going to call it? And that's what we we set upon the FPL Hangover Mini League. We have the code no, here. The FBL Hangover Podcast Mini League. God's sake, Seamus. That's not what it is. That's what it, well, that, that was too many letters. That was because of what official FPL have deemed we're only allowed to put in. Yeah, it was too we're many characters. Was... The FBL Hangover Podcast <laughs> Mini League. Okay. Well, I've got the code for you right here. Last week, we set it up. We included it on our last podcast, but it's at the very, very end. So a lot of people might have missed that. They might have already tuned out. Hopefully I blame that on the last episode. <clears throat> I blame that on the short attention span of our youth today. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, but I have the mini mini league code here. So if you want to join our mini league for bragging rights, and there will be a prize now, whether that's a T-shirt or a mug or something that we come up with here before the end of the season, uh, we will have uh, a prize that is TBD. We're just trying to get the numbers up first. So the uh, code is ELN five Z three. So all lowercase ELN Echo Lima November five Zulu three. Yeah, no, that's get joining guys. And uh, in relation to the prize, have I heard that you're willing to put a lot of your cash behind this week? No, you heard wrong. Oh, okay, fair enough, fair enough. No. We'll, we'll, well, we'll... I, give you, I give you all my cash, but 100% of nothing is nothing, so... Can't get blood from a stone, is not yeah. what they say, Seamus. Give you well, a sip of my beer. <laughs> sip of beer for the working man. Uh, fair enough, moving on. Uh, this, you know, we'll, we'll... The mini league thing is out of the way. I think yeah. now it's time to address the state of play in our teams and what transfer news and gossip and preseason form have done has there been a lot of tinkering have we been pretty confident with it you know with the state of our squads i doubt the latter but uh, i will ask you first seamus has there been many changes since last week yeah there has I've, I've made some changes i can't remember on last week's pod whether i had pope and golds i think i did i think i'd removed ederson yeah and gone in for there pope. Was no ederson ederson's back now again um i'm still saying with uh four at the back that has not changed, but I've changed my fourth, uh, sorry, my fifth defender to uh, Lundstrom for Sheffield United because he's been playing in centre midfield, defensive midfield all preseason for Sheffield United, and he's been getting minutes and been playing well. He got a couple of assists. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's going to have a part to play. Um, I don't out of feel, position defender, an out of position. Yeah, he could be playing in that role now. He maybe he's only coming on getting sub minutes. Maybe he starts off there, loses his place straight away. I'm not sure. But Kelly was looking more and more unlikely uh, to, to start with uh, Sacco coming back. So I moved him out. Lundstrom's in, Lundstram is in for the minute. I'm just realizing it's AM. That was one move. I brought Ederson back in. I already mentioned that. I've gone ahead and I put Glenn Murray in my team. Mm, you fell in, you, you followed yeah. the Murray breadcrumbs. Yeah, I've, got, I've put Glenn Murray in my team. And that was in place of King. Mm. The longer preseason has gone on where King is not getting many minutes, the less confident I am he's going to play. Um, I also have Fraser, so I don't feel as exposed. I don't. It's not like I'm going without Bournemouth players. I have Fraser, and I think him or Wilson is a really good option. But, you know, I've got, I'm happy with just Fraser. I've gone for Perez. Then I've had to downgrade Sigurdsson because I wanted to go for Ederson. And I've gone for Perez. Wasn't somebody I was very keen on at the start of the season. I was a bit skeptical. Looked at it a bit more. I've allowed myself to be kind of influenced into, yeah, maybe he will come good from talking to people on 
Twitter and social media. They'd make good arguments for him and I might give him a punt and that can easily be changed to another 6.5. Yeah, you had Tielemans in there beforehand as well. Uh, was Tielemans my team from last yeah, week? Yeah. yeah, so I think I went from Tielemans to Perez. One of the things with Tielemans is I just, he overachieved on his stats last season. You know, yeah. he got a lot of, got a few goals and a lot of assists there in the few games he got there between uh, the January transfer window when he arrived and the end of the season. But he was over-delivering. There were low-quality chances, goals from outside the box, things like that. And I just don't know if it's sustainable. So you'd rather take a punt with Perez than consider Tielemans keeping up his yeah, performance? Yeah, one of the things is that uh, I think Tielemans has a good chance that he'd regress to um, what his stats say over the course of a season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, an, there's always that thing that those January transfers or loan players... Are they playing for a contract? We've seen the likes of Adabior in previous seasons be unreal while they're trying to get a contract, get their contract, regress. Uh, now, he is a quality player. I think he'll still do bits, but I don't know if he's going to be worth 6.5. Interested in Madison, but I don't know if he's worth 7. Mm. Perez seems like uh, less of a risk. I yeah. think he's out of position. You know, They're trying this diamond formation where they're playing two strikers in preseason. Brendan Rodgers has tried that a few times, so he could be playing center forward. If not, he's playing kind of right wing, so... That's still, I think he's he's got a good option, good chance. That's fair enough. And looking at the team you've kind of called out there, it seems to me that you've gone pretty heavy in the back. There's a lot of money invested in there, mm-hmm. but that you're playing a four four two. Am I right? <clears throat> playing a four four two with the don- Den Donker as my first sub. I, I can already see him being called the Den Donkey. No, I think <laughs> Den Donker's going to have a great season. I really, um, I'm really on Den Donker. The more I look at it. And the more I've analysed his stats, the amount of chances he had last season, he's actually, when he's playing in a midfield tree with Neves and Moutinho, he's the most advanced. He's the guy arriving yeah. late in the box. But and the, the donkey doesn't mean he has to be playing bad. That could also be an affable nickname. Oh, maybe, like an Eddie Murphy donkey yeah. and Shrek kind of thing. And exactly, Dendonkey, yeah, no, no, there we go. And you heard it here first, folks, patent pending, patent pending. Dendonker's one of those guys that, as soon as I put him in, I think I put him in my second draft. As soon as I, I think I had Hayden in there, very first draft, didn't give it much thought as my 4.5. Then I realized, hey, I can get Dundonker in there. Since then, he's never left my team. Yeah. Um, And I've decided that Salah, Sterling, and Dundonker ain't going nowhere. Fraser might go somewhere. Perez might go somewhere. But those three, Fraser, I mean, Salah, Sterling, Dundonker, they're pretty much the most nailed players in my team, I think. Fair enough, fair enough. And, you know, it's pretty interesting because uh, I went down a lot of the same thought patterns as yourself uh, throughout the week. And actually, this morning before I, before we started recording this, I said, you know what, I'm going to have a proper look. Because, you know, we're recording this at the top of the week and there's still a bit of time to, uh, you know, to go till deadline day. That's true. You're off on your holidays, so we've had to record, you know, our final pod before the start of the preseason it's a moment early but and that was sickening me for a little bit the fact that I wasn't there for the deadline day or for the you know the first to kick off of game week one until I found out that you were also not going to be there for the kick the kick off of game week one that made me feel a little better yeah yeah <laughs> I've made a I've made a huge mistake yeah. in the words of uh, Joe Bluth and I've gone ahead and booked a fucking night away for me and my wife on Friday, forgetting because, because it's her fucking birthday. Forgetting there was oh. a Friday night game for her birthday, and her birthday's on Thursday. Yeah. And she was like, "I was like, will it book Thursday or Friday?" And she was like, "I prefer Friday." I was like, "How about Thursday?" And I didn't make a strong enough <laughs> case. Had I had I known or realized that the Liverpool game was on, and just not forgotten, she obviously caught me when I just finished work yeah. and my brain was dead. Uh, I would have been like, "No, nah, we're going for we're going Thursday." But look, that's my own fucking fault. So yeah, well, that made me feel a little bit better, and you know, I suppose that's a little bit of Schadenfreude, which I'm not proud of, but. It takes all colours. And uh, 
I'm, you know, getting back to the shape of my team and the state of play, it's, you know, it's not too dissimilar from yours in the sense that I also looked at Murray. I, went, I was kind of going, like, we talked. You talked me into Murray. How did I do that? Because you were talking about Brighton and you were talking about Ryan possibly is good. Look at their fixtures. They have I a looked great at their fixtures, fixtures, man. Yeah. yeah, that's what you talked me into it. Yeah. And that might change again, but I have 0.5 in the bank with this team. Oh, really? Yeah, so that can go up to Delafeu. Which it may, but I might just bomb Jota out of there as well. People are talking me out of Jota. I still think he'll be really good this season. Well, do you not worry, and we'll probably hit into this later on when we look a bit closer at Wolves' assets, but do you not worry that the signing of Ktrone is going to have uh, have an effect on the Jota-Jimenez minutes, or at least with Jota, is it going to push him back push him back a little he, bit into the midfield? It's a great question. Um and I'm conscious that you want to get your, you want to mention your team here as well. But seeing as you've asked, no that Catrone <laughs> guy uh, seems to be, he's coming at six million. He seems to be third choice, and he seems to be more of a direct like for like player mm. for Jimenez, not mm. Jota. And yeah, Jota, I guess if they do play him in there, and you know, they are balancing between Europa League mm-hmm. and Premier League. That's what I'm saying. Jota could be pushed into left wing again or left midfield again, but. I don't think that's that bad. I mean, he's going to get game time at least. If he was dropped completely, then there'd be problems. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I think it's more likely that Jimenez is going to be hooked for Catrone. Um, it's going to be to rest Catrone, or you know, they might just rest uh, Hata early in games. So he's yeah. not. He's not like Hata comes off. You're saying like, Hata is that? Or Jota, sorry. I don't know. I, that's what I was No, Hata is the guy that's playing for Aston Villa, who they signed from Birmingham. That's confusing. And uh, this is Jota. They're both spelled J-O-T-A. Okay. But this is Jota, and Hata is the, the other guy. I'm getting them all mixed up. That's going to that's gonna be... But, a... um, yeah, I, I think uh, Jota will do well this season. Um, And I think at the start, yeah, they've got, like... The thing to be wary about Wolves is they start off Europa League, Premier League game, Europa League, Premier League game. So they actually play on Thursday... And then they have another game on Sunday, yeah. just before the first game week. So. And I think we saw the damage that that did to Burnley early last season. They were absolutely shite coming out of the gates. But they're shite anyway. See, I don't I buy think that. Wolves are much better than Burnley were last year. Well, I mean, their position would indicate, like, not they both got Europe, but not last. Okay, last year, yeah. Wolves are, but we're talking about Burnley from two seasons ago, not last year. But that year. was Burnley overachieving, and last year was Burnley slightly underachieving. I think the balance is Burnley are a 12th place team. Yeah, and you think Wolves are a what place team? I think Wolves are an 8th place team, and I think with Europa League, which would be a burden. That I think, no, actually, I think, I think they'll be a 7th or 8th place team, and I think... That might drop them down to 10th or something like that. But I still think they got goals in. I think, still think they're going to be... I, I think they'll drop unnecessary points. I do I, think that. I think they'll concede silly goals like they did last year. I have a sneaky suspicion that Wolves will be remis- reminiscent of the Newcastle that we saw seasons past when Newcastle had that well, stormer yeah. of a season. Yeah, I know. And then came out the next year absolutely fucking shite because people had figured out their game. And, uh, you know, they weren't going to... And uh, with Wolves, I think, with the extra pressure of the Europa League uh, and the fact that, you know, I think last season they brought a pretty interesting style to the game, they'll be prepared for that this year. That's a really good point in that so many of their points last season came against the top teams Mm -hmm. and against the lower teams they struggled because the lower teams were like, well, these guys are doing really well. Let's give them the ball and defend for our lives. And the lower teams will smell blood this season. Well, I think, no, I think the lower teams... Yeah, maybe they will, but I think if they smell blood and they come for it, that's where Wolves will get them. Wolves attack you, they bite you. They bite you. But I think the you could be right with the bigger teams, depending yeah. on when they play them. Like if it's after Europa League game and they play 
Spurs. Spurs? Yeah. Spurs are doomed. Yeah. You know, they beat Spurs last year, maybe twice. I think they beat them twice. And uh, they will, you know, Spurs will be harder to beat this year if it's after the Europa League game because they'll be tired or just won't be 100% sharp. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, look, that's that's kind of where I'm lying on Wolves at the moment and yeah. that's kind of reflected in my team. Now, you talked about switching back to Ederson, which was in an early draft and you kind of went off him. Uh, if you look at mine, I've gone with the Aston Villa-Burnley duo. Pope and Heaton. Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but they will rotate throughout the season to never be playing the top 16. Am I, am I right? Uh, oh, God damn it! Yeah, you're putting me on the spot here. Uh, I think I read something like that on Twitter. Yeah. I read something like that. And I saw way, the stats, and I think I had that stat in my brain last week, but I could be getting it mixed up with somebody else. But I think you're, you're, you're right that... Each week they rotate really, really well. I know that much at least. And the only thing I'm concerned about is for like the first half of the season. Yeah, exactly. And I'm the exact same. And that after Christmas, I'm not 100. percent But yeah, first half of the season, I don't need to come up against any top six team. They don't. And for me, I'm a sucker for uh, you know kind of lovely uh, ends to the narrative. And you know, you can just open a can, Seamus. Sip a beer for the working right. man. There I was we waiting. Go. To, I didn't. I know when I was like, <laughs> how do I open this can without everyone? With arrogance is yeah. the is the key that I've learned. Cheers. Cheers. But uh, no, fucking looking at um, looking at my keepers, the idea of having Heaton and Pope both in my team for separate teams. Now that Heaton has transferred, yeah. should have probably said that Heaton is now an Aston Villa goalkeeper. I'm assuming that assuming the price they paid from, yeah, 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 and the price they paid from, he's probably going to be their starter. Uh, but having Pope and Heaton in my team is something I can't uh, miss up the opportunity for. I'm a sucker for kind of the rotating goalkeepers. For, not just also the rotating goalkeepers, but also the I haven't had a rotating goalkeeper. Some guy leaving a team to free up space for another one to enter another team where both their fixtures are very good. Do you know what I mean? That's my issue with the uh, or why I I like the rotating goalkeeper so much. But either way, I have gone to to my four point fives and uh, you Look, know. Looking at it here, like for the first eight game weeks, you are going to have Southampton home, Bournemouth home, Everton home, Crystal Palace away, Burnley or West Ham at home, Newcastle away, Burnley at home, Norwich away. I mean, yeah. you're avoiding every time one of those plays: Man City, Spurs, Arsenal, Chelsea, whatever. You're um, avoiding it with that. You're avoiding the other ones. Yeah, so it's a really good option. But that's nine million. It is, and that's what my next point was. Nine nine million. I had it at eight point five with a four point five Pope set and uh, set and forget and four or million. Like that. But Seamus, being one hundred percent honest with you, I've never played uh, the game with a four point five and a non-playing goalkeeper. Yeah, and I don't intend on starting it now. No, I was. I've always been the same. I've always had a backup keeper that plays like a four two four point five is how I've always played. Yeah, exactly. This season, I'm going, you know what, man? Ederson plus 4.0. Just set and forget. That's one less transfer. I'm trying to put the value on saving transfers. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of me is also thinking, man, if I just go Pope, set and forget. Like, how many points would you think a 4.5 million keeper would have to get for you to be happy? Yeah, well, I don't know. 140 points, 145 points is what I reckon, right? Uh, I've done the math in it. 145 points be perfect, right? Mm-hmm. That'd be over 30 points a game. And I reckon Pope can get that. I mean, Fabianski was just short of that last week. We know Pope likes to make a lot of saves. The only potential problem with that is if Hart somehow starts and goes or comes in for a couple of weeks here and there. Because if that happens, and you know Hart started ahead of Heaton last season. Mm -hmm. I know he was... But Heaton's not there anymore. Heaton was injured and so was Pope. And then Heaton came back and Hart had been playing so poor. I just think Deitch 
Dyke. Dyche? I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm, you're after, I'm, I'm not you're after, after stunning me. Which yeah, I'm after stunning myself. Your LGBT slur. Sean Dyke. <laughs> uh, he's after... I think he's just gone off Hart now. I think Hart was bought with the intention of giving a chance. Got mm. his chance. Messed up. I Pope, think Pope is back in. I think Burnley had a horrible goalkeeping situation at the start of last season and Hart was a necessity. Uh, uh, you know... Uh, needs must whatnot, yeah. but uh, either way I've gone with the 4.5 rotating uh, goalkeepers yeah. and what I wanted to ask you and this is kind of brings me on to my defence so my defence you've already talked about how you've how how you how heavy you've gone back there with Aspie, Dean Alexander-Arnold Van Dijk so you've got four premium defenders and Lundstrom I was on the exact same top pattern in regards to Lundstrom he's now at my 4.0 got rid of Kelly in Lundstrom out of position playing in the midfield why the fuck wouldn't I want it the big difference... That was a massive breath. I know, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a big sentence. <laughs> that was a big sentence. But I talked too long. Uh, the big difference is, with my 4.5s and your 6.0 Ederson, uh, what I wanted to ask you was, my options this season. Now, this kind of brings us on to the, the Everton conundrum, which I know uh, we've had questions about. But if you could have Pickford and Aspilicueta in your defence, yeah, or have the... The Burnley Aston Villa rotation that I have with Coleman, what would you go with? So you've got Pickford for Everton, so you've got yeah. a bit clean sheets, but no attacking returns. Yeah, uh, but you also and have Aspilicueta. Yeah, and Aspilicueta. Well, with the Pickford thing, you'd oh, sorry, you'd, have, you'd have a four point oh four point oh. Yeah, he'd be your set and forget Pickford. Pickford four point oh subkeeper and Aspilicueta or two rotatings and, and Coleman. That's kind of where I'm looking at it right now because there's a point five of a difference there. I go Pickford and Aspilicueta. That's kind of where I'm leaning. And I, ha- I haven't got that in my team. I mean, this is off the top of my head. Yeah, I'd have to see how the rest of the team looks with balance, but I think I go I with think that. I think your gut instinct is probably what I trust more than you overthinking things. <laughs> so my, gut, my gut instinct is what, I'm going, is what serves me well, yeah. and it's not going my gut instinct and overthinking that's always in the past being my downfall. Yeah, and this is like, you know, pool. So what, I did, think about what I did last season was I made a team... We didn't have a podcast at the start of last season. We started just before game week one. So I wasn't doing as much research. I yeah. got a team. I said it. I walked away. I came back like a week beforehand. I looked at it. and goes, yeah, that's still good. Engaged on Twitter a small bit. This is when I got into the FPL community on Twitter last year. Uh, and then I came back the day of. Mm. And I went, how are we doing? And I made like one or two changes. And I kept most of my team the same. And boom. End of game week one. Five and a half K overall rank. Triple perfect, perfect yeah. start. Hundred, hundred plus points. Game week one, uh, the best possible start I think I could have gotten. Bar be number one. Do you think it's harder this year? Do you think are you overthinking no, it because I, you're on a podcast? Or? It's easier. It's not harder, but it is easier to overthink it. Yeah. So especially when I'm looking at all these. So I've made teams changes. So what, what I've done now is I've decided to set a team as if the game line, the game week deadline was like tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to relook at this again on Friday. The one thing I can see changing here is potentially, instead of having those four at the back and Lundstrom as the fifth defender, possibly going five at the back, downgrading Murray to 4.5 yeah. and just play 5-4-1. That's such a shameless move. It's not. This is the thing. I'm making all these <laughs> different changes. Is. No, this season I'm talking about going for once premium set and forget keeper and a dud 4.0 backup. I'm talking about going maybe five at the back. Um, but that's where the value is, man. I'm going talking not just going for like center backs here. I'm talking about going for attacking fullbacks. I'm thinking of even upgrading Van Dyke to Trent and having Do sorry, you think Van Dyke to Trent is, or Van Dyke, Van Dyke to, Robertson to Robertson is an upgrade? 
I just just because it's an attacking fullback, I the reason I'm sticking with Van Dyke for the moment is I do think that Van Dyke will continue will increase his goal output this year. Yeah. His assists last year, he had four goals, four assists. His four assists last year were poxy. I'm thinking of the likes of where he lobbed yeah, the ball and he took a wayward shot at bounce the top of the crossbar and yeah. Origi put it in against Everton. But hold on a minute now, because he should have got way more goals than he didn't get. Like than he yeah, got last year. Because like he, he was in your team last yeah. year, and every time I was watching it, all I could see was Van Dyke about to score a goal and I go, "Oh God, I got yeah. out of jail." Like that, that fucking that. Everton assist was the least I deserved. I think it was his fucking shot. It was. It was he skied the yeah, shot. Yeah, he skied the shot. Bounced on the thing, yeah. came back in, and he got the three bonus points for it as well. And rightly so. And so I think don't, he took, don't be saying he he didn't he should have gotten more. He should have gotten more. I think the Everton thing was easily one of my highlights of last season. Yeah. Just not only did I have him in, but like not like, only does he score from headers, mm-hmm. like they lob the ball in and he'll header it back across goal for Munyaldum to tap it in. Yeah. So I mean, like he is a target. So he's got assists in the him. Target. And I reckon you know he'll do he'll match the same performance as Robertson. So but like if you, he did this season. But if you had a choice between Robertson and Trent. And Van Dyke and one of the other two. I huge. think. Well, this is we're going to come to this later, but I think uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold by the end of this season will have cemented himself as the best right back in Europe, if Oof. not the world, Oof. and will be the top FPL points goal scorer. I think a lot of Liverpool's attack is going to come down the right. I think he's going to have double-digit assists again. Um, that's why I think I need to have Trent in my team. So you're not worried of because I don't have Trent in my team. I have Robertson and Van Dyke. And you're not worried that Gomez is going to take any minutes? Because he looked fucking good last year. Gomez, I think if Gomez is going to take minutes, it will be the centre-back. I don't think he's going to take it in right back. I think if he does, unfortunately, here's the thing. If he does take minutes off of uh, Trent, I think it will be against the bigger teams. The bigger teams? Yeah, because, which because is kind of counterintuitive a... because Trent is susceptible um, on when defending. But when he's going forward... Um, when teams are sitting back, like he's that's a whole extra point of attack they don't have if Gomez in there. He's yeah. whipping in these dangerous balls. How many games did they win last year because he whipped at a ball and Manny got a header on it? Yeah. You know, they, they, that's a whole extra dimension to their attack, and I reckon that's uh, fair enough. I can guarantee you this Trent Van Dyke uh, Robertson, you know, love triangle as it is is going to continue throughout the season. We're going to be discussing this for many more episodes. We actually have a question on it later, which we'll get to. Okay, perfect. So uh, we'll move on. Yeah, and getting on to the midfield. Um, I've changed my midfield up a little bit. I've gone to a similar formation as you, something I didn't really allude to. But I've also gone 4 for 2 but a lot cheaper in my defence because I'm playing with a... A striker that isn't a, he's it's Jamie Vardy he's nine point he's not a premium striker but he's someone that I can move on to one. Mm. What I've come up with here and and the team I have in front of me I won't lie it's not I'm not inspired with confidence for this team but what does have me feeling settled and especially with the week that's in it where we're going to see a lot of kind of news and and kind of tips and whatnot is the, how balanced everything is. So my midfield is Sigurdsson, Salah, Sterling, Redmond, Dendonker. And strikers being King, Vardy, Greenwood. Basically, if you look at every position outside of the goalkeepers, obviously, if you look at every position in my team, they're all almost uh, kind of waterfalling in price, which means I can get off of nearly anything to move on to anywhere. Yeah. You know, that's what has me comfortable with it right now. Like, as I said, I, it was my team this morning. I was looking at it and going... What makes me feel uncomfortable is the fact that I know it can be changed after game week yeah. one. Now, that seems like a bit of a pussy move as far as I'm concerned in terms of like 
Are you not confident enough in your own decisions that you think these players are, are going to do the business? That's what will be your downfall if you doubt your own decisions. Yeah. Make a plan, stick to it. Well, right now, that is my plan. But, I mean, as you said, with King, you went through a similar thing where he's not getting a whole lot of minutes in the uh, in the, in the the preseason. Mm-hmm. So, I'm already thinking, oh, do I just shove him up to Wilson? Do I pump? Because I don't have Fraser, and you do. And I do think there's a lot of kind of Bournemouth fans out there in terms of, like, FPL fans, where it's like Sheffield Villa the first two games, followed by City, and then Leicester in game week four. That's three winnable games out of four, if you ask me. Uh, they'll yeah. find it tough against Leicester is going to be yeah. very tough they'll find it tough but, but Fraser's on set pieces he's whipping in corner even against Man City if they do get a goal against Man City there's quite a chance it will be on the counter attack with mm-hmm. Fraser using these small speedy legs getting up the byline yeah, well, one and of the whipping things it that, in like, you have Fraser but who you don't have and I think this is why I don't have Fraser in my team is Brian Fra- you have Ryan Fraser I have Gilfie Sigurdsson why have you gone off Everton midfield why? Uh, You've no Everton attacking outside of Dino. That's true. That's true. It's uh, just purely because I think I prefer Ryan Fraser over Sigurdsson, to and be honest. And you're not worried by Everton's like sexy ass run of fixtures for the first God knows how long. I mean, yeah, I am. But I, I like I have Dino. I've Dean Lucas mm. Dean there for as much of his attacking threat than I have for his defensive threat. To yeah. be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, look, you can only have so many. It's the price you got to pay with having Sterling and Salah and two premium, four premium defenders. I agree. And agree. I think, look, as Piliqueta is, um, I think people will be down on Chelsea. I don't know how Frank Lampard's going to go, but I feel comfortable trusting as Piliqueta. Now, as Piliqueta could become Louise. Louise had a great season last year and he actually did. outscored as Piliqueta by a couple of points. Um, but uh, I think, you know, Chelsea are just kind of on for about 16 clean sheets and another season. like you talk about Luis there as a downgrade from Aspie Zuma like 5 million <clears throat> yeah he looks to me to be nailed on uh, centre back choice with Luis outside of Rudiger uh, who's yeah. now for a few months are you not he seems to be ahead of Christensen anyway until Rudiger comes shot. back from um Judging by the preseason minutes, and yeah, until but I think as soon as Rudiger comes back, Rudiger's in there, man. But Rudiger couldn't be, mightn't be back for. I mean, we talk about aiming to you know get the most out of the first four weeks and then kind of reassessing after the international break. Rudiger is not back, uh, you know, in the first four weeks. Yeah, I'm not sure when he's back and how his rehabilitation will go. Um, I actually haven't even checked when he's back. All I know is he's going to come back, and I reckon when he does come back, he's. Uh, He's back in the team. Fair German enough. German international experience. He had a very good season last year. Yeah, he can be a bit reckless sometimes, but I think he's I think he's nailed. And I, as I said, one of the things I want to do is just kind of nail, like save myself making tra- unnecessary yeah. transfers. It's one of the reasons why Zinchenko isn't in my team at the moment. He's and one of the guys I took Ederson. out. Yeah, yeah, for that very reason. So I think, uh, no, I'm happy to, um, to go without. I t- yeah, I do feel like Everton could be could be tricky going without. They've had a poor preseason. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that. And I just think I prefer... It's kind of Ryan Fraser or Sigurdsson mm. or Richarlison. Well, we'll open I think them. I prefer Fraser for, for the opening couple. That can become... As I said, a point five in the bank. That can become Sigurdsson mm-hmm. or Richarlison. With that point you made in regards to their preseason, we'll we'll open the mailbag a little bit early this week and we'll, we'll rip out a letter. And I know we've had a question in regards to Everton and Liverpool's preseason form. Uh, this yeah. is coming in from Steve Scully. Has this affected your decisions in, uh, you know, in your FPL team? Their preseason form. Yeah. It's not so much their preseason form that's affected it more than it's just um, opportunity costs. You know, somebody's got to be sacrificed here. 
And look, Salah, as I said, Salah, Sterling, and Donker are nailed. They're not going anywhere. So I've got like, I got to pick four attackers. Um, for I'm just gonna try and calculate this up. Here, thirteen. I thought you had like some crazy recall. About I've twenty seven. <laughs> I've twenty seven million to spend on four strikers. At the minute, that's distributed between or four attackers. That's distributed between Perez, uh, Jota, Murray, and Fraser right now, and 0.5 in the bank. If I go for Sigurdsson, for say over for Perez, I gotta drop down Murray to a 4.5. Yeah. I could do that, but then you're losing the position all of a sudden because Murray is gonna be playing minutes to the start. Of the that season. means that means playing Dendonker or Lundstrom. Yeah. So that means uh, kind of doing that. As soon as I decided I wanted Ederson, it kind of. It kind of took out um, Sigurdsson. So I could go back down to Pope and make Perez Sigurdsson. Yeah, no, I mean... And I that's, think that's a move I've I've, I've, I've done. I've, I've undone that move. Yeah, so. And I'm week. sure you're going to mess with this a bit more before the deadline approaches, or before the deadline hits. But I think, you know, looking at your team and my own team, it's important to, you know, note the differences. I think that's half the reason I'm going with Vardy. And I mean, this is probably... I like Vardy. Detriment. I'd say that. Yeah. I like Vardy's opening... I see games. your team and I go, okay, you're my main competition in any walk of life. Shows, <laughs> you know? And, uh, I but look especially at, in our mini league. But especially in the mini league. And I look at Vardy... Or I look at your team and I go, do you know what? He's set himself a target this season of not having any premium price forwards. Now, I know Vardy's only 9 million, so I don't know if he falls into the premium price bracket, but he's definitely in and around it. It's debatable, but it's de- yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, the the reason he's there is so if I do want to go for a premium priced forward, I can easily yeah. without absolutely Because you could just go Sigurdsson down to a six million player and yeah. then Vardy's Kane. Yeah, no, exactly. So, I mean, I think that's the main differences in our team and we're definitely going to be monitoring how this affects our uh, our early pre our early season in the FPL and it'll be interesting to look back, assuming we don't. Vardy is as, is as expensive a forward as I'm going to go this year. I, I hold yeah, but the you right... Said I hold the right get in Hazard last year and you're not going to sit here and tell me that if Harry Kane does what Harry Kane does, you're not going to get Harry Kane in. I'll tell you this... If Harry Kane's doing what Harry Kane does and I need to get Harry Kane in, I will get him in, but I'll be taking out Sterling or Salah. Well, fair enough, but that's still getting a premium price forward. Yeah, no, I will... But my intention is not to try and do that. Now, it would be a lot easier this year if we had a third premium price midfielder like Hazard. Yeah. Like, we had Hazard, Sterling and Salah. I'd be rotating between those guys. Um, Excuse me. But... Yeah, we, we kind of don't. I mean, KDB, Mane, I guess, are kind of... Pre- they're premium. Fair let's, enough. let's call them premium. Let's call them what they are. But, yeah, if I want to go up to Aubameyang, or Aguero, or Kane, like, I, I'm not going to completely rule them out. I'm going to try and play without a premium striker this year. And with that rule in mind, which I know is going to be very hard to keep, mm. uh, I I can go up as far as Vardy. Fair enough. Because 9 million isn't too far to stretch, but that extra 2 million makes a big difference to the team. I- but I will have to get rid of... Sterling down to De Bruyne for example save two and a half million and then go up I'm not destroying the layout of my team fair enough and I appreciate your intentions but you know what they say Seamus that's what the road to hell is paved with so we'll move past intentions and we'll move on to uh, actual hardcore facts and speaking of hardcore facts one of our polls this week uh, one of the ones that's got a little bit of traction is in regards to a question that, obviously, with the news that 
Brooks is out for I think twelve weeks. Borman have come out and said he's out for twelve weeks. Jesus, that long? Yeah, it's that long. I knew he was out for a while, but I didn't realize it was twelve weeks. Yeah, it's been announced today that Borman maybe yesterday that Borman has been uh, that Brooks has been out ruled out for about twelve weeks. To got to twelve weeks, and you asked a question in our poll was basically Fraser and King better than Brooks and Wilson. Pretty val, you know, kind of valid question. I found it interesting that the result, you know, the results. Who would you prefer? Who would you prefer? Were pretty much split. Like I think it was fifty-four percent with Fraser King and forty-six percent with Brooks and Wilson, mm. which I would have assumed the Fraser King option would have won. I do think people are probably paying a bit more attention to Fraser or Fraser King to King's lack of minutes in uh, the preseason, yeah. like you mentioned, but. As we said, that point is moot. Brooks is out for 12 weeks. So what you're saying is I've jinxed Brooks and I've caused his injury. You did this to him. Two-footed, basically. Basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and enough. you should be a little ashamed of yourself. But we won't you know, judge you on it right now. We'll wait until the end of the season. I got away with a booking, didn't I? You did. Uh, but my point is, what I wanted to shove in there instead of the poll was my hot take this week. Now, this is off the top. This was something I recorded this morning, or, you know, wrote down this morning when uh, I was preparing for the pod. Is this a steaming pile of this hot take? This is a steaming pile of hot take. But it's pretty funny. Uh, or I don't know if it's funny, but it's pretty interesting. Uh, I watched... <laughs> I have a, no idea what you're going to say. Yeah, right I know now. you don't. You haven't discussed it. <laughs> so this is what I would call uh, hashtag FBL Thanos week. And I don't know if there's a shit ton of Marvel nerds out there, but judging by the sheer amount of man children that play FPL there definitely is and uh, I watched Infinity War during the week uh, something handy to fall asleep to woke up the next morning thinking okay what would happen if they're because look at how commercial the FPL has become in terms of this season with the the, the staggered uh, price releases yeah. with them constantly hinting and pushing buttons on Twitter in regards to sure we're both to, driving new cars from the money we're making off this podcast oh like. yeah for sure yeah exactly thank you Twitter but, you know, it's becoming a lot more commercial. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be surprising if there was an FPL Thanos week where they click their fingers and half the FPL players disappeared? What do you make of that, Seamus? Well, I'd get rid of all your team anyway. Well, of course. <laughs> but I just think... I just made well, me I, laugh. Well, immediately I'm kind of going, oh, my babies. I'm looking at which yeah. guys I want to pick. <laughs> Who's disappearing in your arms? But see, if I lost one of Sterling or Salah, then I'm going to go for whoever's left of Aubameyang or Kane. <laughs> you don't have a choice. The week plays out. And after the last match of game week deadline, or the game week match... Don't uh, you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. There's a random amount of players Don't disappear. you put that evil on me. I'm telling you, lads, this is the way it's going to go. They're going to be a Disney FPL uh, merger... And we're going to start seeing that, hashtag. There, there are certain things that if <laughs> that happened, if FPL Towers did these things, and that's one of them, yeah. then I would just have to give up the game and start playing Sky or something like that. Fair enough. Uh, and I played Sky many years ago, but I never really got into it enough. And this changing captain every day, I think. Kind of I put ahead. too much time into this to even think oh, about yeah, a difference. I'm, I'm the same. I like the simplicity of this game. It's kind of like grassroots football. You know, they're talking about, oh, we don't want to bring in VAR and mm. stuff like that because you can't implement that at grassroots football you want to keep it the game as simple as possible that's what I love about FPL this is why it's so popular compared to the likes of the Sky game and all these other elite games they've tried to introduce in the last few years that haven't haven't worked now I like draft I'm going to play draft this year again yeah, I must, yeah. we must get well draft is, is, is a whole different ball game that's yeah because it's the same draft. point scoring yeah it just means there's a slight difference and like oh, only one person mm. can have it nearly but, but like, what I would say is if they introduce that if they introduce paying for FPL that's know, what I'm saying. There's a few game changers here. Like, if that happens, I'm gone. But if they introduce pain for a field, what we'd have is our Pro Evolution basically breaking out, where 
you know, FIFA being the official FPL site and Pro Evo being the uh, yeah. unlicensed, but oh, you I'd be trying shit. to design my own thing, yeah. and I'd price everyone exactly. I'd actually pay to be a member just so I get all the prices, mm-hmm. and I'd price everyone accordingly. Yeah. and I just wouldn't have officials. Yeah, they can go. And that would, if I didn't do it, somebody else would do it. They so. would. Yeah, I'm not I'm having, sure I'm not having Tanis Week or whatever you call it, and I'm not having paying for FPL. Well, you heard it here first. If you want to pay for FPL, you get a mini league going, and you all decide in 20 euros, whatever, yeah. in the pot. I'm glad that you brought up the fact that there might be a, a you know future charge for FPL because like that's exactly what was in my my thought process when I was talking about the when I was thinking about the Tanis thing. I was like, going, how fucking shit is this going to get? Like once this, if this is getting 6.5 million like it did last year. You know, they have... Oh, they're still making tons of money. Yeah. All they're giving is, like, a fucking jersey and a match ticket for a prize. But it's not about fucking that, how much money they are making. It's how much money they can make. Uh, but look, we're getting fucking bogged down in this conspiratorial. Yeah. Con- you and your steaming hot I takes. know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But we will get back to a bit of reality here. And we discussed a few of them before with the likes of Lundstrom. Uh, I wanted to touch on... So before we go into, you know, kind of the ending sections of this, I want to touch on... 4 million defenders, or, you know, not 4 million defenders, but those cheap enablers, those 4.0s, those 4.5 players that we have in our team. Like, right. as we mentioned, we both have Lundstrom in now. I think I have Greenwood, you have Wickham. I've seen Greenwood in a shit ton of teams. Um, are there any, outside of Lundstrom, because we've talked about him already, he's playing out of position. Are there any viable 4.0 options out there right now, Seamus? 4.0 uh, there's a few uh, if I can just put up my stats because I wasn't prepared for this but I mean I, off the top of my head Kelly was there but I just don't think he's going to play yeah. there's going to be clicking here sorry a lot of clicking um, so this week we are going uh, we do have a cheat sheet in that we have a computer for us because we're recording in my place yeah, not yours for a change yeah. for a change because you're uh, you're about to go off on your holidays yeah Kelly is there for 4.0 I was considering Reed, but I don't think he's going to get the minutes so mm. it's a bit hard uh, I have Hanley on my watch list. He's somebody to watch. Rico is interesting. Yeah. Uh, Rico is somebody... They have a new left-back, Kelly, who's meant to play, who's signed to play, and he's injured, so mm-hmm. he's gonna he's possibly going to be missing. And then they have, um, obviously, Charlie Daniels, you know, another former FPL legend. Uh, back in the day, he was getting goals and assists, but it doesn't look like he's going to be there. So Rico has... a decent chance of starting the season and he was obviously bought last season with the intention of being the new left back to replace yeah. um, Charlie Daniels but didn't impress too much he impressed me in a couple of games I saw him and I think he's I think susceptible defense. You. no I think it's going forward he's good defensively he's susceptible yeah. to uh, getting caught out of position so I think um, he could be someone to watch Lundstrom of course I'll keep an eye on Reed. Yeah. Um and Kelly. But I mean if you're putting him there, you're not really expecting many minutes. I just think Rico and Lundstrom are probably the ones I'd be keeping yeah. an eye on now. And before we move off the subject, I just wanted to throw out something that you know, it's one of those little things that I don't know if you agree with me here, Seamus, you can throw in your thoughts. But be careful when you're picking a, a different or a kind of a cheap enabler, a four point or a four point five that you have no intention of playing. Because if you happen to pick the same four point five as a high highly owned uh, you know a lot of people have also picked their same 4.5 when they get off of that if they decide to change their formations and this stuff happens early in the FPL you have a lot of early wildcard usage by you know uh, casuals or or, yeah yeah. so be careful that you don't see those 4.5s start dropping onto 4.4s 4.3s because it's hard to get off them and it's if you're going to have them in your team and he's not going to do anything then take a 4.5 with a very low ownership. Yeah, that's a brilliant point. Um, comparing it, 
defenders, and like I'm talking about, I've got a 4.0 subkeeper with yeah. Button. The likes of Button, if you're getting him in your team, you know he's not going to play. He's not going to be mass transferred out. He's there, kind of set and forget, and just leave him rot on the bench. Yeah. So you're kind of going, my team value is actually 96 million. I'm yeah. never going to transfer this guy out for the entire season. You're deciding there and then you're not doing rotating keepers. You're going to have a set and forget. And if you have to get out your main keeper, if he get in, gets injured, you get him out and you get somebody else in. So with keepers, I don't think you're going to see a price decrease. Well, like well the that. player that brings but, it, like the why I bring it up is the likes of Greenwood. I have him in my team right now. Greenwood could go down. That's what I'm saying. And he's someone who I don't expect to actually have in my team for FPL points. I just yeah. have a... 4.5 who right now might become an option but as the you know what I mean as the first few weeks go I can see him drop into 4.4 4.3 look you mentioned uh, Greenwood for Greenwood you can see me last season with Kamara yeah took me a long time to get rid of Kamara because there's always other fires and stuff I gotta put out you gotta free up like a million here to get from 4.5 to 5.5 there's no one really good at 5.5 so you gotta free up 2 million to get to 6.5 but People will use wildcards. People will make transfers. You've got five defensive slots. You've got three forward slots. That's why I'm saying the likes of Button may not go down because people aren't going to make their subkeeper transfer. But people will change their team around and go, I'm going five at the back. You know, I'm going to get a 4.5. There's 4.5 million options in defense. So people will make a move for their fifth defender. So you will see some four million defenders go down in price, down to 3.9, maybe even 3.8, and it's happened in seasons Mm. past. And the most likely for that to happen to is Kelly, who I had previously. He's like 24.8% ownership at the minute but like and he that that Kelly could easily become Lundstrom like if Lundstrom who yeah. I can see becoming this new Kelly all of a sudden isn't getting the minutes to the start of the season he's gonna fucking drop because his ownership is already picking up you know in yeah. in terms of how cheap he is and you know I'm just saying again just be just be ready keep an eye keep an eye maybe we should all be going for this guy Heisa for Norwich who's 4.0 and is well, 0.2% owned well that's what I'm saying I mean but with Lundstrom I have him in my team because I think he'll actually get minutes like Mamba Saka last yeah. year do you yeah, know yeah. but if I wasn't confident on him getting minutes then I for sure would have a 4.0 like Heisa or someone that's never expected to play because I don't want him to fucking drop for the first 8 game weeks we'll say mm. I'm going to of FPL I'm going to be playing a risky kind of game in that there's not going to be you're not going to be playing a risky no listen to me let me finish my point come on (laughs) I'm going to play a risky game in that I'm going to be basically playing with just one substitute one playing substitute I'm going to assume that my second and third subs are not going to get any minutes because if I look at last season I never had to use more than one sub like up until like game week 12 or something like that and over the course of I would say maybe 20-30 weeks game weeks I probably only ever used my second sub two three times yeah so it very rarely happens um at least if you're picking the right players that is so pick players who are nailed don't worry too much about that make your third bench player 4.0 or 4.5 if it's a striker or 4.5 as a midfielder then donker at 4.5 as a fifth midfielder is exceptional value he should be i personally i think he should be in everyone's team um because i think he's going to get minutes unless he gets injured and i think he'll offer some attack yeah. returns as the season goes on and I just think you know he's not going to go down in price I yeah. think you know I agree I think if you are looking at spending 4.5 on a midfielder and you you know don't pick Dendonker then there's you better have some information that I don't have I just looked at it there he's Twitter is a bit of a bubble mm-hmm. it feels like everyone has Dendonker he's only 13% owned so he's not going to rocket down in price the no, casual players aren't picking up no he's not uh, I agree with you and uh Moving on to a section that we hope to become 
more of a, a frequent part of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, the drunk tank. All right, so we got a few questions this week when I put out the uh, put out the feelers, and I'm going to start with a question we got from at FPL Rogue on Twitter. And he was his question was, you know, is Jimenez going to keep it going this season? You know, or is he going to end up being another Gabbiadini? So obviously Jimenez had an amazing season last year. Yeah, haven't seen him in too many um, teams so far. Well, first of all, I'd like to say that Gabbiadini never touched what Jimenez did. Like Gabbiadini was a a flirtation that we had. Well, Gabbiadini, I think Gabbiadini was used because I mentioned Gabbiadini on last week's pod. And I said, uh, I think it was in relation to the likes of Tielemans. I was uh, saying, could he be kind of another Gabbiadini? In that he came in on loan in January. or I don't know if he's bought or if he's on loan. But he started off like a house on fire. And we thought, we're going to have to have this guy in game week one. Because he's finished so strongly. There's other guys as well that are out there like that. And I'm thinking of the likes of Adebayor when he was with Spurs on loan. To be honest with you, if I can go first with this one. Yeah. Jimenez has got me thinking. Like we touched on it at the top of the pod in terms of... Catron and, and the minutes that he might take off of either Jimenez or yeah, and the Europa League that's and the Europa League and that's something to be worth considering I also think it's worth pointing out that last season he only got 13 goals which is the same as your man Glenn Murray so mm-hmm. for that extra 1.5 with all those concerns what I'm looking at now is do I really want to have him in my game week one team or my first game week couple of fixtures, like the one to four? Yeah. And for me, it's a no. It's I, I, have, a, there's a, I have a sneaking suspicion he could be a Michu. Yeah, that's a, another player you can compare him to where Michu had that fantastic season. Yeah. But Michu was a special case. He had injuries and things like that. I think that Jimenez will do just as well this season I think with Wolves I think Wolves really found their kind of groove with him and Jota up front second half of yeah. last season Jimenez wasn't just like oh he scored all his goals in the last 10 games or the first 15 games he's consistent throughout the season scored against the big teams as well which is important that shows quality he was a hero of last season yeah like- he scored 181 points which I think is the exact same as Ryan Fraser or did Ryan Fraser get like 185 or something like that but it's within a couple of points. And so the both price is 7.5. And I think Fraser's worth it. And I think that Jimenez is going to be really good this season. I think he's going to continue to score at the same rate. But for but, price? Uh, for his price, I think he'll prove to be value. But I think he will get slightly less minutes. So I think he'll end up getting... He only played 3,100... No, actually, that's out of 3,200 yeah. minutes. Yeah, he played a load of minutes last year. I think he will get around the same return next year. He may not get as much bonus points. I'm not sure because he was. I think it was the assists that really kind of kept him taking over last yeah. year. Because when you were paying five point five for a forward, or I think it was five point five last year, it when you're paying that for a forward, uh, if he comes out of that with five points, two points, and, a tr- and three for an assist, you're happy. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm happy with that. If yeah. I'm paying five seven point five for a forward and he's coming out with five points, I don't know. Yeah, oh, I know what you mean. I think that's not. A, I don't think it's bad. Five points for a seven million four, seven point five million forward. But I see what you're saying. He got thirteen goals and ten assists, so he got double digits in both. Thirty-one bonus points. That's a huge That's amount a of bonus points. Yeah. It's nearly a bonus point a game. Yeah. So I think, in short, he's not going to be another flash in the pan. I think he will get double digit goals. I don't think he'll get double digit assists. Yeah. Um, I think you can say. I think not safely, but I think he's definitely going to get over more than one thirty, one forty points. Now, where that limit's going to be, I'm not sure. I think Europa League will have an effect. 
But is he a wait and see or get him in now? I don't mind him game week one. I do prefer the one, one million saving you can have by having Jota in there. Okay. Um, especially for a start, it's less of a risk. And uh, he came back late from the um, the USA Gold Cup or whatever it's called. Um, so he's only back training like a week. Yeah. And he's actually got a knock. Yeah, see, that's the big thing. They're going to have to manage him a little bit. For me, it's a definite wait and see. I think they have Leicester, Man United, Burnley, and Everton in the first four. Uh, I think two of those fixtures are decent. I can see the Leicester-Wolves game being quite an entertaining affair. It should be, hopefully. I saw Leicester-Wolves over in Edinburgh in January, and it was like fucking some mental game. It was like 4-3, I think it was. Um it was a cracker of a game. Harvey yeah. Barnes scored. I know that. I remember Harvey Barnes scoring because he should have like had loads of goals last yeah, season. Yeah. He didn't get any. Um, so I think that could be a, a, a good old game. They're two good teams. They go for it. Game week one. Let's put on a show. That could be three, two, four, three to somebody again. Yeah. Uh, but just to go back to FPL Rogue's question. Um, no, I don't think he's going to be another Gabbiadini. I think he will continue his form from last year. May not be as high. You know, he could be could end up being, you know, an eight goals, nine assists kind of season. But he's definitely not just going to fall off a cliff. Fair so, enough. I think um, I'm going to hold off for the first few weeks because I want to see how we'll settle. They haven't got a huge squad. And I want to see how they perform. Doherty is a doubt for the first few games as well, yeah. I think, because he's injured. So, oh, I don't know. That could impact them. And I hear this FPL Rogue has quite an intriguing uh, mini-league set up this year. Yeah, if you're not following him, uh, I'd recommend, right? If you're an Irish lad out there, and you're especially if you're from one of these five counties, he's got um, a, ba- a no-backdoor eliminator going on. So he's looking for entries from every county for his uh, mini-league. No anal allowed. No backdoor, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's what he was going for. I think it was more of a gar reference where there's no uh, second entries. But he's got a league going there where uh, you're going to be elim- he's going to eliminate a county or something. So you got to represent your county. So he's looking for a representative. You can have more than one representat- representative for each county, but only one after a certain period of time is going to be in there, and then it's going to be winner-takes-all, All-Ireland final kind of type thing. I like the idea of it. Um, he's still looking for entries for Carlo, Cavan, Fermanagh, Longford, and Westmead. So if you're from one of those counties, guys, get on to FPL Rogue, sound guy. It's going to be a good league. I'm representing Limerick. I'm representing both of us, yeah. Oh, well, you got to get on to Yeah, okay. Well, want. maybe. Yeah. I'm going to represent us, sure. And I uh, hope to represent the banner here for uh, the Lim- for Limerick. But that's one question down. Oh, yeah, that's so. That's FPL rule. Yeah, no, we had another few questions here as well. Uh, FPL on court, which is Keen uh, Crony. Uh, Crony. Keen's Cronies, that was his team name last year. Finished overall ranked 27th last year. That's a fucking crazy. Number one in Ireland. Yeah. Listen to this He'd podcast. He'd want to be, Listen to us for advice. Well, I wouldn't go too. Well, far. I don't think he listens to us for he probably listens to us for shits and giggles. I don't know, but um, he asked, and so did FPL Rossi. They actually asked a very similar question. They're both interested in what four point five million keepers we like, six point five million forwards, and midfielders in the six point five to eight million range. They look for the best options there. So look, we can talk about this for the entire episode. Let's maybe pick two players from each, right? 4.5 million keepers. Which, who's your favourite in that category? I'm going to have to go with the two I have, which is uh, Pope and Heaton. I think the yeah. Burnley-Villa rotation. If I'm going to go 4.5s right now, uh, being able to rest easy knowing that I don't have a shitty fixture coming up definitely kind of wins with the Pope-Heaton thing. But what about you? Um, I'd agree with you with Pope. Pope is somebody who's possibly going to go into my team now that Heaton is gone. Small bit nervous with Hart as backup there, but I'm fairly certain that uh, Pope if I get any indication that Pope is the number one keeper um, he could be back in my team 
The second one I like is Henderson yeah. for Sheffield United. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's uh, that's my second keeper. I'd say I think you know they have uh, decent uh, decent chance of clean sheets. They were good in the championship last year, clean sheet wise. They're not very attacking, so I think they could uh, they could do well. They do, and Sheffield United have like Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, and Leicester, and Chelsea in the first four. That's not a bad open tree. Yeah, it's not really. That's 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 the other thing. And the one thing you can always say is that I noticed that. The three keepers, the three teams that went down last year, uh, Fulham, um, Cardiff, and who's the other team that went down last year? No, no, who's okay. that god awful team? Huddersfield. Yeah. Um, they do get a lot of save points. You yeah. know, even though they concede, they get a lot of save points. Edrich save and... points. Yeah, Edrich uh, was brilliant for me yeah. when I had him at some stages. So they'll get save points and they'll usually perform better as keepers as a four point five million keeper than the teams in like seventeenth, eighteenth, seventeenth, sixteenth, and fifteenth. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, looking at the next position, Seamus, what have we got? Uh, what about 6.5 million forwards? Who do you like in that? Who, well, who's your top two in that regard? I think... This is changing on a weekly basis. It is, it is. And I think like we've talked about King quite a bit, but I think he would probably be up there with my 6.5s, the people in that range I'm thinking of. I think, you know, we've spoke about Bournemouth's, you know, fucking crazy nice run of fixtures. Sheffield United, Villa, City and Leicester in the first four. That's pretty decent. So I think King is up there with 6.5s. I also think, like, as you mentioned, you have Murray. I think Murray, I know he's six, but, like, Murray is, mm-hmm. is one worth considering with Brighton's run of fixtures. I think the 6.5 bracket is, I feel like I'm taking all of the options you're going to talk about, but, you know, including Jota in Go there, it. you know, it's, there. there isn't a whole lot of uh, options that I'm looking at, mm-hmm. but I think King would probably be the, the pick of the bunch. King is a one. Anyone, who's your second, who would be your second choice? I'd probably go either Jota or Murray. Okay, I thought you might include your man Harvey Barnes in there. You were big on him last year. No, is he a striker? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know he was reclassified this year. Oh, not Harvey Barnes. Sorry, Ashley Barnes. Oh, Ashley sorry, Barnes. Ashley Barnes. Yeah. Not Harvey. Well, if, was, if I was going to go Ashley Barnes, I would have gone probably Chris Wood, who's got two hat tricks this uh, this week in yeah. the preseason, yeah. and had more points than Ashley Barnes last season. Did he, so he, he had more points than Ashley Barnes. And, that uh, tells you how closely I'm looking at Burnley assets. Yeah, especially attacking assets for Burnley. I think, you know, you mentioned Burnley and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Attacking-wise, maybe I see so an improvement in Burnley this year. Um, maybe not in offence. Like, they were good attacking-wise. They offered options at times last year. I think but their I price think, point offers options. Yeah, but I think defensively I can see an improvement this year. That's why I'm big on Pope. And I just think I'd rather Pope than... I don't know, it's like whoever has to have in defence, Ben Mee or Tarkowski or Taylor or whoever. Um, I think I prefer you know, his save points. Um, myself, yeah, I can't get around the fact that, I mean, the two strikers that are 6.5 that I like the most would be Jata and Delefeu, actually. Um, like yeah, it. I've seen Delefeu in a lot of teams. I'm not convinced by Watford, but... You've, uh, you've shown some faith in them. The problem is, right, they were both midfielders last year. And they've been reclassified as forwards. So you immediately look at their points from last year and go, ah, oh, well, they're going to be like 10, 11 points lower down this year because they're not go- they're going to get a point less for goals and stuff like that. Yeah. But they didn't start off, they didn't play brilliant the whole season. They kind of both had a great second half of the seasons once they came back from, you know, Delphi when he came back from injury and Jota once he was uh, kind of pushed into the forward role. Yeah. And I think, I just see them continuing that on. The thing with the 6.5 million role is what I want to say is, no one's going to be great for an entire season, 6.5. Yeah. You're going to have to pick your moments. So, like, you get on Jota, boom, he's great there for six or seven weeks. 
don't be too loyal. Get off him. Get on to Barnes. And Barnes got a nice run of fixtures. Boom. Get off Barnes. Get on to Delafeo. Boom. Get on to King. Yeah. So I think this, they are the positions I think you can play a bit more. They're with. the ones you kind of want to like. If I'm going big at the back with like Trent and Van Dyke, Salah and Aguero in midfield, if I'm going with these guys, they ain't moving. So mm-hmm. my transfers are going to be around the six five point five minute mark. This is where I'm going to try and make gains. Fair and uh, I think you got to be looking at your six point five minute strikers in the opening fixtures where King looks good, but if he's not looking like he's not going to start if he's an injury doubt mm. then I'm looking at Jota and Delefeu right now I've gone for Jota and I've gone for uh, Murray in my team yeah. purely because even though I think Murray as the season goes on won't get as much game time I think starting off playing one game a week for the first four weeks or whatever I think he's going to play 90 minutes he's and you have, that, game. you have that point five if you wanted to go for I have that point five. I want to, and that may change before the end of the week but I like Murray but I'm going to say Jota and Delefeu fine we've got time for one more question before we move on to the end of the podcast and uh, even though there was a few they asked for midfielders as well but we're going to have to move on guys for another time big time <laughs> um, who are we going to ask for we're going to ask we already asked Steve's question earlier when he was asking about um, yeah, with, preseason uh, form with Everton and Liverpool keeping clean sheets but um, there is an account that we kind of came across the last couple of weeks, a uh, relatively new Irish account, FPL Chieftain. Uh, I've been tremendously intrigued by his podcasts. I'm not a big fan of one-man pods, but uh, I quite liked his uh, he, he, his last few episodes. I've gone through them all, and, you know, I, I, I quite enjoy him. I think his train of thought is uh, quite interesting. He's also a running fan and a metal fan, so yourself and him share some interest. We're new best buds. We're, We're new, new best, best friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did we just become best friends right now? <laughs> Maybe. But he had a question this week, Seamus. What was it? Uh, he had a lot of questions, so we won't go through. I'll, I'll say what he had. So he was looking for our captain options and toss and how our bench will come into play in the first four game weeks, game weeks one to four. He also was wondering any merits in to West Ham forwards. Yeah. And what about Spurs forward assets other than Kane, obviously? Well, the West um, Ham one we kind of touched on last week in terms of, I think, with Holler there, he scored a few goals. They've hammered Hurt to Berlin this week. Yeah. And... If for me, I'm more interested in the people around West Ham, like we said last week, the Lanzinis, the Andersons, the Armalenkos. I wouldn't be investing too much in a 7.5 holler right now. If I was to put 7.5 in a striker, it would be Jimenez. Uh, yeah, that- I think I agree. Haller is a wait and see for me. I, mm. I'm really interested, but I'll be watching matches today closely to see how he gets on in the first few weeks. And if oh, yeah. he's looking like... Remember when Andrew, we watched Anderson for a few game weeks last year and went, yeah, we want to get on he this guy. Quality. It's going to be the yeah. same with Haller. Um, but because as, as I mentioned there with Lanzini, he's someone I fucking really want to become an option this year because every single year he is on, he's teetering as a name that people talk about and he constantly delivers kind of big performances but through injuries or rotation, he's you know he's kind of fallen out of the team. He's someone that I have hopes for this season, but I won't dwell too long on him because West Ham are very much a wait and see. Nice run of fixtures, but City game week one. Yeah, I mean I'm going to be rolling my game week two transfer, so I have two free transfers in game week three. Yeah, me too. and the West Ham forward could be coming in around <laughs> then if they're playing well. I think they're a good asset, and I think going forward they're going to give options, but not in defence. Um, but yeah, what do you think about your like your captain options for the first four game weeks of the season? Have you laid out what you're going to do with your captains? Like, no, is that set in stone or no? Nothing set in stone. Uh, I think I have Salah and Sterling and uh, the likes of Vardy right now. Um, that could change. I could go back to Kane. I thought, I mean that was something like I meant to mention. I have fallen off the Kane train and downgraded to Vardy because I think it allowed me to put a bit more balance into my team. Mm. But in terms of uh, forwards and whatnot, mm, no. Well, I can tell you mine anyway. I've got mine pretty set. Um, one of the reasons I went for Sterling and Salah, 
excuse me, burping away here, all this beer, uh, is that not used to my say? Yeah, I know, yeah, I'm, I'm FPL drunk on Twitter, like, but uh, I'm not normally drinking during the, the podcast. Hashtag so, FPL so goddamn sen- yeah. sensible. <laughs> um, but I get drunk on FPL. That's why I get yeah, drunk yeah. on man. Go on. Um, yeah, I think Sterling and Salah are going to be two top point scorers in FPL this season. And I think that's that's why I've gone for Sterling and Salah as yeah. opposed to Sterling and Kane or Salah and Kane or Salah and Abemangang. So, yeah, they're going to be my two captain choices for the season. It's going to predominantly be Salah, apart from when he's got a bad fixture and Sterling's going to come in. And basically, every fixture is a good fixture for Salah, apart from top six opposition. So, it's going to be captain Salah against Norwich at home. Uh, against Southampton away in game week 3 when they're playing Arsenal even though he could get points there I don't see a massive ceiling for points I'm going to go for Man City as fixture against Bournemouth Sterling always plays really well against Bournemouth it's yeah. just like one of these anomalies he just plays well against that team but if like the, if, if Salah's banging in goals and Sterling hasn't done a tap you're very likely to reconsider I could, I could go yeah I could go the other way but I'll probably still go with Sterling because Sterling is more likely to be rotated in home games and Aguero was more likely to bang in home games than away games, at least according to last season's stats. So, uh, yeah, game week four, probably go captain. That's between Burnley away for Salah or Brighton at home. Yeah. You know, and like they go, it's probably going to be, yeah, between them. So I can go, I'll probably go with Sterling that week if I'm being honest. Yeah, stay tuned. I don't see my bench, the second party's question is about benching there. Mm-hmm. I don't see my bench being used at all in the first four or five game weeks. I'd be with you in that. I actually think like I have one player on my bench. So as I said, they're, 4-4-2 is a formation I'm looking to play but at the moment for game week 1 I'll probably rest Diop because he's against City and play Dendonker so I'm looking at 3-5-2 uh, oh, yeah. so uh, you know with my bench I like to have one bench player that I can pop into my team for the start of the season and if it goes to the stage where my bench is fucked and my team is fucked then it's wildcard time yeah exactly I mean that's why at the start of the season you can take these risks you know you got this wildcard mm-hmm. things are going awry you can just use it in game week 3, 4, 5 whatever I'm going to just stick the donker on my bench for the first 5 game weeks uh, 6 game weeks or whatever and uh, I'm sure by game week 6 my team will be all changed up anyway Fair enough. so I'm not looking that far ahead well, that's a shit ton of questions we got through right there we've more as well but look uh, yeah apologies to uh, Steve we'll ask those we'll go, we might ask that question there yeah, we'll week. see. We'll see how it goes. But uh, anyone, you know, that has asked a question, you know, thanks a lot. And be sure to get onto us and, you know, hopefully we get to cover everything uh, in every episode. Yeah. But before we wrap it up, it's time for... Actually, do you know what time it is, James? What time is it? So with that in mind, we're going to bring back a re... A, a re- Working? Reworking of what we did last year in the sense that it's not reworked at all. We just now have a little sound clip before we play it. And uh, we're basically going to cover some puck fathers, which for those non-Irish speakers, they're long shots and hot shots. That's going to be here every week. But for the, the, you know, the occasion that's in it, I wanted to look at who we think will be the top point scoring players in each position throughout the rest of the season. And uh, it's something I like looking back at at the end of the year and kind of going, Jesus, I was fucking well off with that guy or I was on the money, you know? Um, so with that in mind, Seamus, who do you think will be the top scoring goalkeeper this season? Uh, I fancy Ederson this year. He was second last year after Alisson. Mm-hmm. Ederson for me, I think. Yeah, I went with 
Addison. <laughs> I went with the other way. It's I might be one of the two, right? I, I think so. I think it's going to be pretty much Liverpool and City all season looking for, uh, you know, kind of... It's going to be a very similar season to last year. At least a very similar season to the second half of last season. I agree. I agree. So I've gone Addison. So we've gone opposites on this. Okay, we good. Have. That's yeah. interesting. And we'll be able to look at the end of the season and go, oh, this is why you lost. But uh, with defenders, who's your top scoring defender? I've gone for uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, he finished third in overall defender points last season and I think he is going to be top this year it's not surprising he's someone I considered but I actually went with another Liverpool player and it was someone that we discussed previously and that's Van Dijk I think Van Dijk is going to shake off the the missed shots and poxy volleys of last year and we're going to start seeing some premium defending uh, returns out of him Hmm, interesting I hope so because I'm going to have him on my team I think fair enough what about midfield anyone you like in midfield in midfield Seamus I, I, it, as you just said, like I'm going to be rotating between Salah and Sterling. So and why is that? Um, because they're the two top scoring points. Because the same thing's going to happen this season, right? So I went with Salah, and I also went with Salah. Yeah, I I have Salah slash Sterling, but not Salah number one. Yeah. I think I think Salah could have a season in between last season and his first season in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Now maybe he drops off again. I wouldn't be too surprised to see Sterling be number one. Um, but I think if it's not Salah it's going to be Sterling I, I can't see anyone else coming into midfield doing it I can't you know, obviously Hazard's gone but yeah those mm. two no I think that's fair enough uh, and then moving on to the most important one the one that you've neglected this season forward positions oh this is going to be a player I don't have yeah exactly <laughs> who do you think is going to be the top scoring forward this year uh, I think it would be Aubameyang again is he the guy, the guy that's going to make you renege and uh, go back and get a premium striker no I mean this is the whole thing I'm actually more tempted by Harry Kane mm. but I think Aubameyang is going to outscore him and then I'm thinking well if I'm getting tempted to get getting Kane into my team why am I tempted to get Aubameyang into yeah. my team you just know these guys are going to score points you just like it's value for me so you went Aubameyang I went to Bamian, I think he'll outscore Kane, yeah. Guess, guess who I went with? Harry Kane? Harry Kane. Yeah, I know yeah. you like that. I read you like a book. I went with Bamian just for variance. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, no, I did. I went with Kane. I just want big things from him this year. I want to see a Kane of two seasons ago, three seasons ago, where, you know, you're afraid that you don't have him captain captained in a week, you know? Yeah. No, I have I have some doubts about that. But there you have it. There's our predictions for this season in the FPL. I'm sure there'll be a load of shite, but hopefully next season we can, uh, we can you know, kind of go back and, re- re- you know, review them and see how, how wrong we were. Yeah. But something that I'm 100% convinced on is our hot shots and our puck fathers. And now last year we, we weighed it up and, you know, I came out on top. This year we've toyed with the idea of a forfeit, but uh, I think it kind of defeats the purpose of it because the aim here, the aim here is to isn't to beat the other person, it's to you know kind of lay out the obvious, you know the meat and potatoes yeah. of that game we come. In up. case we spend too much time talking about the obscure guys yeah. who want to get in for six point five, who this coming game week we think is the main guy to to get in, regardless of if they're in our right. team or not. It's like this is the person who I think is actually going to deliver this week, and if I don't have him, I'm going to be behind the couch. So, you know, uh, with that in mind, Seamus, I believe I won last year, so I'm going to go first with our hot shots. Mm-hmm. And uh, this season, or well, for game week one, I, f- worth pointing out, actually, I looked at this, this differently. I went with this from just game week one. I wanted this to be the end of our podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, just game week one, who do I think is going to be the hot shot? And you kind of went with, you know, the first three or four game weeks, which, you know, is in true fashion of how we've been... Uh, how we communicate. How we communicate, yeah. We, we do it a month, month at a time. But I went with, uh, well, for the week coming up, I went with 
Kane uh, Kane is my first choice over Salah what? I thought you went with Salah and I went with Kane. No. Okay. Well, then if you've gone, if you've gone with Kane, yeah. you've got first, you've got first pick. So uh, then I guess I'm going with Salah. Yeah. I felt like after me talking up Kane. There yeah. You just, you just talked yourself into Kane. I was like, that's you know fine. Fine. I'm going with him. Um. But no, totally agree. I mean, my captain again week one is going to be Salah. So my. I'm happy to get Salah here. So I'm going to change this on my notepad that you have Kane and I have Salah. Yeah. Fair enough. And uh, I, pff, yeah, I think it's you know six of one, half a dozen of the other. But with your second uh, hot tot, you know hot shot, who's that going to be? Uh, my second hot shot was Aubameyang. So yeah, you're putting your full uh, force behind Arsenal away to Newcastle. You know what it is. I'm not going to be able to have any of these premium strikers yeah. in the way I'm setting up my team, so I think I'm overcompensating now and I'm going, oh, i got to have a Aubameyang now. I'm the same. Like, last year, I wanted to pick players I didn't have so I could root for them as well. It's like I have a reason now to to wish goals upon Aubameyang, but not this week, obviously, because you've picked Aubameyang. And I have gone with... Um, Sterling. Sterling, yeah. Sterling, I think... Uh, the, game week one, they're, they're players we've been kind of looking at Straight away, Sterling, Salas, Keynes. He could be starting as a striker in game week one. I mean, possibly with Aguero coming back late from international duty. There's mm-hmm. talk about him starting in the, the community shields. Uh, we'll see now. Yeah, uh, fair but. enough. <clears throat> and uh, our puck father, Seamus, because I went first with the hot shots, I want you to shout out your puck father. And... Jeez, I looked at the puck, the puck fighters for the season. Uh, let me have a look here. Uh, oh, no, I didn't. I picked out Pereira. Oh, you did Watford. Watford. Yeah, I like Watford's opening game against Brighton. I see Brighton potentially going down this year. They were rubbish last year. New manager doesn't necessarily indicate there's going to be an improvement. Um, and I think there's goals. Prayer started really good, or Preya, whatever way you pronounce it, for Watford started really good last year. Yeah, no, I, like I think Prayer has a quite a decent uh, kind of punt pick and he's under 5% owned which is the requirement for our punt picks which is a requirement and I went with uh, someone that we've already spoken about and that's you know Chris Wood and I think I wanted to go Barnes he's a bit of a boy but you know what Chris Wood's two hat-tricks right now I'm going fuck it get in there son it's and compelling you, yeah and it's worth noting that their penalty system is if you win you t- win it you take it mm-hmm. so, uh, so no assists so no assists for Chris Wood no I'm going with him I think Burnley is uh, you know away to Watford I'm or not away to Watford but away to, at home to Southampton I think that could be an interesting game could be, you could know, be. and uh, I think uh, that people like Hassan who has done a good job at Southampton. I think they will be a good team again, but I think people are getting too hard, yeah, for uh, for Southampton this year. Good, bit too much wood, yeah, for got, Southampton. Got wood for Southampton, yeah. yeah, fair enough. And before we wrap it all up, uh, I wanted to basically uh, kind of. Before we wrap it all up, I basically just wanted to ask you if you had any last minute FPL advice for beginners, novice, you know, is there anything that you think is something that, you know what, this took me a while to figure out, I wish I could have learned it sooner. I will say, back your instincts and don't overthink it too much. I mean, obviously, if you don't know what to do about a certain transfer, Mm -hmm. listen to these podcasts kind of allow yourself to be influenced um you know i always take in several podcasts a week and that kind of helps inform my decision i like to hear contrasting opinions make my own mind up and then set on it but give your plans time to come to fruition Mm. like when i say i'm not going with premium strikers that means even though it might be really really tempting 
to get Harry Kane in after he bangs in two goals in game week one and gets a goal and assist in game week two. Stick to your, convic- stick to your convictions. But at the same time, you need to be able to recognize when you've made a mistake. Yeah. So like, if you were saying, I'm not getting in Mo Salah, and Mo Salah's banged in two hat-tricks, you kind of have to go like, why did I not go with Mo Salah in the first place? You know? So uh, stick with your convictions. Give time. Get, be patient. Patience is Never something achieved. that's overlooked. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair enough i i approached it from a slightly more novice kind of point of view in terms of what tips would i give this is something that you know when you talk to people and anyone that's kind of invested as much time into the fpl as myself or yourself you end up running across casuals quite a bit in you know in work and this you know i thought pub. my advice was for casuals it wasn't this bollocks uh your advice was for you know fucking seasoned pros this advice is for casuals and it's something that I was talked about a lot last year and that's basically on Saturday morning when the you know the game week has begun do your fucking team do you know what I mean look at your team for next week yeah get it set up pick oh, your captain yeah. don't worry about the transfer look at your team go this is the defense I want this is how I stand right now and get that sorted that's a Saturday morning that's what the first thing I do I'm pretty sure it's the first thing you do oh yeah there's no way that at any stage during the game week, you don't look at how many points you have. Yeah. So while you're looking at your points, just set your team there and then. Yeah. Go, oh, I'm on for 38 points or whatever. It's in the middle of the game week. Let me just set my team right now. Choose my captain next week. Oh, look, Salah's playing this team. Of course yeah. I'm going to captain him there. Set it. Because we see it in our main leagues the whole time. It's like, oh, I never set my team. never changed from last yeah. week. It's like, did you not look at your points? Of course I looked at my points. Why the fuck didn't you set your team so? Exactly. While you're there, you're on the website. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. That's great point no it is and that's uh, that was a little tip that I as I said I've seen kind of if they knew if they just did that that would have saved them a lot of points and maybe being a little bit further up the rankings would have made them you know put a little bit more kind of caution into what they were doing and I think it would improve the overall game I think so because I think a couple of times when you don't if you don't do that a couple of times you get you know you fall behind your minis that's when people give up yeah so just make that one simple change you might stay engaged in FPL until like the end of the season yeah exactly exactly and i think that's pretty strong advice to leave it here on folks we're going to be back next week we're going to have a brand new review episode of game week one it'll all be said and done Seamus will know exactly uh how the first week went and how wrong we were but until then i want to uh i want to wish you all a good a good week yeah i hope you have a great game week one guys you know let's get that good or for a game week one are we are we wishing them green arrows you can't have a green arrow if you've, it's first game week, can you? Can you? Oh, it's a dash. The yeah. best of hyphens. Have a, yeah. have a nice grey arrow, guys. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy it while it lasts. God bless. 